This is the Creatively Yours podcast. I'm Tira Root, an artist and recovering creative. And this podcast is here to bring you to the intersection of creativity and spirituality. If you are feeling blocked in your creativity, stale or burned out in your faith, or want to have a companion as you chase your creative dreams, this is the podcast for you. On the show with me this month, I have with us Katie Del Rocco, and she is an actor and a writer. She's been acting and writing for 12 years, has graduated with an interdisciplinary degree with a strong focus in music, and has a lot of experience in commercial film. She's been working there for about a decade. She's also told me about many of the other things that she's done. I love the diversity of her background. She's been a chorus and musical theater and acting and life skills and journalism teacher. She's been a tour guide, an editor, an English teacher, and she's been in ministry. I am so excited to have Katie with us. Welcome to the show, Katie. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. (laughs) Very uh, encouraged that you reached out. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think we can just dive right in. I started out with a question to you with um, the topic of balance. Um, Yeah, yeah, even just your little like bio that I gave there has so much within it. And so I know even (laughs) now you juggle a lot of different things. Um, I have gotten like emails from you over the years and I've gotten to see what you're up to and you do so many different things. (laughs) Um, And I know it's even on a day-to-day basis. And so how do you balance all these, all these different things? And especially I'm, I've been so looking forward to your answer of um, my question of what a typical day looks like for you. (laughs) Cause I need help. I I don't know how to do all of it in one day. So Oh, well, yeah, you definitely, you don't, you just can't. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Okay. So uh, this is a great question. And first of all, I just want to talk about that word balance because um, I mean, I would, my first answer would be like, well, I don't like, I don't balance all this stuff. There've been so many things partially because um, it's been me finding myself for years and trying to find what God's path for me is. And um, I haven't always felt that I've had a clear, uh, guidance of what that is at the time. Mm. So that's led to me leaning into a lot of things that I enjoy and building different skills. And I've seen that mostly as positive, uh, but there are definitely times where I can get frustrated and like, what on earth am I doing with my life and kind of cycle downward in my brain. Um, so, um, so with balance, um, I, one thing I enjoy that I'm not, um, I do not teach is yoga and, um, it's been helpful for me. We started, started learning yoga through theater class in college, um, because you, you know, your body is your instrument if you're an actor. And so the practice of breath and, you know, keeping your body just in good working condition is very helpful. So, um, I've maintained that practice, you know, for, um, well, I guess, yeah, I guess over a decade now. Um, and so I'll work on my balance. My balance is pretty good, like physically, but 
your different side, um, your, your right side from your left side, they're always a little different. And there are some days where you're more wobbly than others and you just have to fall out and like pull yourself back in or you have to use, um, you know, you have to put your hand on a chair or on the floor or you have to use a prop and that's normal. Like mm -hmm. nobody is perfectly balanced. No one ever will be perfectly balanced. It's something you work at. And I don't think there's any shame in recognizing, okay, this area of my life, I'm just not as strong in. I'm really wobbly in admin skills or in, um, for me, putting myself out there, like actually asking people to book me. Um, mm. I, I just wish people would just come knocking, you know, but having to do that hard work of making yourself vulnerable or even just putting in the discipline of making cold calls or researching people and um, making connections, those things are things that I have to really work on to improve the, that strength um, and that balance. And eventually maybe I can use the prop or the crutch of, of somebody to do that for me. But at this point in my life, you know, I don't have the money to do that or, um, you know, I, I just haven't reached that kind of level to, to bring people on in that way. Mm. Um, so I will say first, I don't think there's any shame in just recognizing, oh, I'm wobbly and that's okay. That's normal. That's human. <laughs> um, it also is a way to to learn how to rely on God. Um, so for me, I would say of the hats that I'm not as good at, that I still have to wear, it's things like having to be my own life coach, um, having to be my own agent or manager when it comes to my one woman shows, um, that you know, I, ha I do have a commercial um, film agent who gets me work in that line, but for the shows that I write and produce, they're mostly for a church audience. You know, I'm the one who has to book those. Uh, not, not my strength. Um, <laughs> having to like be my own CEO and like plan and strategize. Oh, what am I going to do for Christmas this year? And what you know, product am I going to put out for people to purchase? What package? Like, what's that going to look like? What are the parts of that? And then, how do I promote that in social media? And it's like all the pieces and planning that go into that. That's not a hat that I love wearing, but it's like, it's good for me. I'm learning from it. Um, and then research and development. I'm one thing I've been learning in this chapter of my life is how to target people that I want to work with researching. Um, okay. Well, what are the companies or like the, the film productions, film production companies that are doing works that I might want to be involved in? Who are those people? Where do they live? What, what are their latest projects? How might I get connected with them? Um, that kind of strategy thinking is, is not um, a comfortable hat. So, so those are the things where um, I'm feeling like I'm having to lean in lately um, to maybe improve that balance. Um, and what would you say are the things that you naturally lean into that are the reason why you need to intentionally yeah. lean in the other direction. <laughs> <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my, my happy hats, my, my fun hats. Uh, I do love being a teacher, actually. There's a lot of joy in that, um, which are I think is why that? I cycled around to it a couple times in my career, um, but decided maybe not in the classroom. Like I love teaching young people in bursts. Um, and in like one-on-one -on -one or small group settings. Um, so 
are you so you aren't teaching now and but when you do it's like a a camp style something like what does the teaching look like now it can look a lot of ways um i did recently come from a couple camps um that were held over the summer so that's fresh on the brain um i've also done you know workshops or you know coaching environments that are short term um so in the past i had the classroom and then you know, I really admire those teachers who are in the classroom day in and day out. Um, so I think it'll always be in my life. Uh, even the one woman shows I do, I, I, I do view them as um, kind of a teaching performance ministry. So I think teaching will always be involved uh, in some way. So I'd say that's one hat. Um, then there's being a student. Um, I do really love to learn. And, you know, I, as a creative I think we just always have to continue learning. So when I can be in classes, um, uh, like I'm taking an online class right now, um, especially when you can do things with people in the room, uh, acting classes are just exhilarating when I get to take those. Uh, really wanting to take a dance class soon, but I have to wait till my schedule opens up. Um, and then other fun hats, you know, that's just the writing, the actual performing, the, um, you know, being on set, um, doing music, getting to sing, um, also enjoy like interior design. And so th those things are things that give joy, kind of keep me energized. And, uh, and I'm a wife as well. I have a wonderful husband named TJ, who's a mechanical engineer. So uh, I love wearing that hat, that <laughs> it's a, a very good balance um, that God gave me and him. Um, he thinks very differently than I do so mm. yeah 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 do you find um, that you what it what I'm kind of picking up even is that there might just be different seasons in like in a given year you'll have like a period of time that's dedicated to like some workshop some teaching thing that you're doing another season that's dedicated to a show that you're in mm -hmm. another season that's dedicated to something else and so it might be this like you've got to lean into something each time and so you're never like balanced between all of the different things but over the yeah. course of time it's because you're leaning into all the different things at their at their appropriate time yeah I think that's exactly it um mm -hmm. a metaphor that I heard actually at a marriage class um was extremely helpful because uh, the question was about balance, like work-life balance and all that with your family. Um, and I'm not going to ever forget what he said, because he said, um, you know, balance is, like, if you think about a seesaw, if you are perfectly balanced on a seesaw, you are not having any fun. Like, and it takes a lot of work for you and this other person to maintain this, like, straight plank over the, over the fulcrum. Like, it, a seesaw is meant to go back and forth. Um, you know, you have one side that that is heavier and then you swing to the other side and, and that that is like life. Um, so it's a lot more fun to, to um, you know, give yourself fully into, you know, one thing or just a very a much smaller number of things at a given time. And, and then, you know, let the emphasis shift as it will. Uh, I think that takes some of the pressure off too. Um, Cause when I'm, when I'm brainstorming, like I, all the, all the tasks that I have to do in, a, in, you know, it feels like at once, um, all the people that I need to 
connect with. Um, you know, I, I'll just pour it all down on a piece of paper and it will look so overwhelming. Like, you know, there's all these bubbles and they're all connected to each other. And it feels like everything has to be done right away. Um, and it's good to get it out, but you know, it really doesn't have to all be done right away. Um, and I, uh, I think when I, yeah, when I remember, okay, the, it, I, there's not that pressure, um, like God will bring to the surface what is most important at that time. And I can let the rest, you know, kind of slide away. Maybe I just need to say, I'm, I'm, this is not going to be perfect, but I'm going to get it done and move on. Or um, I'm going to maybe delegate this or that if I have the ability to do that. Or I'm just going to say it's not that time for this project. Um, I'm still learning how to do that, but I think very much you're right. I think it is about seasons and chapters and, um, if I knew more about the agricultural calendar, I could make an analogy there to planting <laughs> seeds and, you know, bringing in the harvest and all that. I got to get better at planting seeds so that, you know, for example, come Christmas, I actually might make some money instead of <laughs> not planning anything and then having, uh, um, having, having, having no harvest. So mm. and I think your analogy, not even your analogy, the the marriage classes analogy about the seesaw is doing a lot of it's doing some very good messing with my head right now <laughs> um, I'm very much the kind of person who um I like to figure out what how everything should be and try to maintain it that way <laughs> yeah um, just like hold um we've got to make sure that um everything is in its place and it's always working like that. This is how the system should work. And so I really appreciate that. I think that, <laughs> that analogy is gonna be like wreaking some very good havoc in my head. Like, no, you can actually let go of this, um, like pouring so much energy into trying to maintain what I, how I think everything should go and the schedule that I think everything should run on um yeah. yeah and instead embrace the the ebbs and flows um and it's it also just brings to mind that there like there are some things that I've set into motion and now like I can't change that those are consistent things that I need sure. to take care of um like there are certain things I need to make sure that I submit like monthly um, mm -hmm. for even just because I have a small business as a creative. And so it's this interesting, like we've got to embrace the seesaw and also <laughs> like have something have, in place, yeah. have something in place to take care of those responsibilities, but like know that those are both going to like coexist yeah mm. yep um i don't i don't have the answers for you know doing that all right or anything but um but i guess the one thing i find comfort in is is that um i think with god as our father he loves to watch us play and um so i, I guess that's why i like the seesaws because you mm. imagine kids on a playground and that yes, life is hard and we do have to work and we have to make money and we have to support ourselves and other people. 
Um, but at the same time, like we don't have to have all the answers and there is an element of, of play that, you know, um, God doesn't care. Oh, you're on the seesaw right now or you're on the jungle gym. Like just go <laughs> make, make a choice, <laughs> enjoy it. <laughs> Be kind to each other as you're playing around. Um, and I think that pleases him. Um, so I don't know. I, I feel like I'm, yeah, the same, the same tension. How, how do I balance being responsible and um, taking ownership of my career? Um, but also, yeah, that I don't have to hold everything with super tight fists, that there's uh, there is freedom and spaciousness. <laughs> Mm. a buzzword that I really want to have be true in my life you know? <laughs> um, <so. laughs> mm, yeah a last thought from me on like this specifically is just how I've been noticing that what I most appreciate in like, I was thinking about a few different um music artists that I like mm -hmm. and trying to figure out why I liked a particular one better than the others and I realized that it was because I've gotten to see him change and grow throughout his entire like there's been so much music that he's put out and I've gotten to see him go down roads that didn't end up leading anywhere but he still did it and he's still being creative now and I've, you know, found the stuff of his that, that I enjoy and I don't enjoy like every, everything that he's done, but even the fact that I got to see him kind of make those quote unquote mistakes. Yeah. Is, yeah. Part of what I really enjoy about him. Yeah. yeah I think that's really powerful. Um, I think that humanizes artists as well. It's like mm -hmm. it, when you, and, and, and um, I guess I could say fan, you know, if you're his fan, it's almost like you have a sense of ownership in his life um, because you've, you've watched it. Um, you've been rooting for him. Um, so it's kind of cool to think about that when um, I feel like, you know, I'm, I'm cycling in my life or not going anywhere. And to think, you know, oh, there, there are actually people in my corner who, um, care about my journey and <laughs> that maybe my existential crisis I'm going through at whatever given moment will be helpful to them or um or even just that you know that God is watching in that same way um enjoying mm. it's a really cool observation that you brought up I love that and I'm curious is there any way that like throughout your hectic days that like especially the hectic ones <laughs> that you've found is like just a tried some tried and true ways of bringing God into your days and into just um because you very much have a creative career this is what you do and so how yeah how have you found you best to bring God into yeah I love that question um so, okay, my response, I think I'm going to mesh a couple of things because I, I didn't answer it earlier, but you know, what, what do my rhythms look like? And then how does God influence those? Mm. Um, this has been really hard for me to figure out, to be honest. I'm, <laughs> one of the biggest struggles for me as a creative has been to 
make routines and to um, structure my own life. Um, I didn't realize it would be such a challenge because you come out of school where everything is so structured for you. And I really, you know, I thrived in that environment. I loved school. Um, and then I, I have like this part-time situation with a lot of extra time I'm moving and like, you know, figuring out my own life and how I use my time. And I'm, you know, floundering, like what on, <laughs> what on earth am I doing? So it has been a long road to find routines that work for me and, uh, and they've changed. Um, so where I've kind of landed for right now, um, I'll, I'll tell you sort of the ideal and then how rarely that actually happens. Okay. Um, <laughs> uh, waking up around seven, seven thirty. that's most days. And then you know, by, I have like come my morning time to, um, move a little physically. Sometimes that's a walk or some yoga or something. Um, having some breakfast, having some time with God and, and then around nine starting to get, get through like minutia of calls or, um, emails, just like little things that might need to get scheduled. Um, and then from 10 to two, I try to be focused on if that's writing or maybe I'm filming auditions or, um, or I have like appointments. I try not to do appointments with people during that block because um, that's when I feel like I can focus best. Mm. And, um, but sometimes that's like Zoom calls or collaborations. I've been joining these writers groups on Zoom which have been so helpful because they make me feel less alone. And we're on mute most of the time. Uh, but we check in every hour. It's like, how's it going? And uh, that's been a game changer for me. Um, mm. I think just having some support and not feeling alone because that's been, loneliness has has been something that has been also very challenging along with finding that routine. So, um, so yeah, that's kind of 10 to two. And then it's smaller tasks after that, um, things that have to do around the house or calls with people. Um, and then we usually have stuff for, you know, stuff, through the evenings. Um, we're involved in a young professionals ministry here in Nashville that we love and we're very active in. So it's those things or time with friends. Um, so yeah, that's kind of the flow, but then um, a lot of days that doesn't actually happen that way. Um, Before you go into the, the exceptions and everything, why is the, I'm curious if behind the 10 to two, um, is that just because that's the part of your day when you have the most energy? Um, well, so I took one of those chronotype quizzes that you might've seen floating around IG and Facebook. So I was like, why not? You know, I'm forever trying to figure out the schedule thing. So I took it. It said I was a bear. It said 10 to two were the ideal hours to have deep work focus. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, I'll try it out, you know, and it was working pretty well. So I was like, well, let me, let me just go with it. I'll try to keep it. Um, <laughs> of course, sometimes I'll get this, I'll get a burst of energy late at night and I will pull a random all nighter working on a project or, mm. um, or I'll wake up early in the morning and just be like, I must write right now. Um, but I do think having, having some set times where I'm on a writer's call or thinking of that 10 to two, it's at least been a framework that's been helpful so I don't know if you're listening to this and you're and you relate to um, the struggles of having to make your own schedule. I'd say um, 
you know, at least start with a skeleton like that and see how it works for you and you can adapt it as you need. Um, so that's been helpful. Yeah. Um, well, yes, now, now I set you free. Tell us about all of your, <laughs> how things really go. <laughs> oh, I mean, maybe once a week it, it, uh, fits perfectly into that framework. Mm. Maybe mm. Mondays tend to be, um, kind of like household chore days, catching up, whatever didn't get finished over the weekend. Um, Cause we've also been practicing a Sabbath on Saturdays, which has been great. Um, and because I have more free time, instead of doing all the chores on Sundays, like most people, um, I end up saying, well, I'll do a Monday, you know? <laughs> so um, I don't know if I love that that's what Mondays turn into, but uh, that's where I am right now. Um, and yeah, and then there's appointments with people like this week, I'm excited to meet with a woman who's, um, trying to help me get a manager, which is kind of the next career step that would be really, really helpful for me. Um, so we're going to meet for brunch, you know, and no normally I don't like to meet during that time with other people, but, um, she's, she's worth it. Like it's going to be a good conversation. So things like that. Um, and then as far as how. Um, inviting God into those times uh, when I feel best with that um, is for sure starting it out in the morning, even just before I get out of bed. Um, and, um, and then in praying before every call or before I just start the work, um, asking for God to grant favor, especially if I'm reaching out to somebody that has a potential client. Um, and I was very encouraged. It was by um, Sean Summercamp. I'm not sure if you're familiar with him. Yeah, okay. I, um, I am, but for um, any listeners who aren't, can you just give a quick like background on who he is and what he does? Yeah, um, so he is a, ugh, I'm not sure if I'm going to get his title right, but um, he, he is a coach for, um, especially for Christians to be excellent in their professional spheres. And um, what I was really impressed with by him is just his memorization of scripture about work, like, and how we honor God through our work. Um, but I was on a call with, with him. It was sort of a class on his, on the zoom. And, um, he had mentioned just getting on his knees and asking for God's favor before reaching out to, um, to clients on the phone and, uh, just remembering that every bit of provision comes from God. Um, and for me thinking of like, ultimately God's really my agent, like God's the one who knows all the, all the opportunities I'm going for and the things that I want. Um, so that's where it really starts is asking God, um, <laughs> recognizing what are my desires and actually asking for them. Mm. Um, cause a lot of times I don't even ask, you know, like, I guess I maybe don't think that God cares about it or, um, uh, oh yeah, it, it's interesting. Like, oh, I don't take the time to ask. Um, and isn't it in James, you know, you do not have, cause you do not ask. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that's, that's wild that you bring that up. I was actually meditating on that specific verse yesterday. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so I, don't, I don't know what it is, if it's our, like, um, for me, I think it can be, I feel like, I need to figure things out. Mm -hmm. And so I don't just go to God. And so, yeah, just sitting on that scripture, you do not have 
because you do not ask. All of a sudden, I was thinking of all of the things I could just bring up to God. <laughs> it yeah. makes such a big, such a big difference. And I think I can be afraid to ask for things like, um, like good paying jobs, for instance, because it feels like, oh, well, that's money related, and that's that's not godly. You know, I think I have these um, kind of weird uh, connotations when it comes to money. Um, but I, I guess I've been learning. Oh, that's really just a scarcity mindset, and. I'm not asking to be crazy rich. I'm not like, that's not what I'm going for. Um, I'm still working on a living wage, you know? So, um, and um, I'm remembering like, man, I, I want to be generous with the things that God gives. And, and also like, I want to, I, I say that I trust, but he's given me these skills to glorify him, to build up his kingdom, to help people know him. And, and then if I'm not actually asking for the opportunities to do those things, then, uh, well, isn't that what I'm saying that I believe he's given like the purpose that he's given me to do with, with these things. So um, just acknowledging, oh, I have some contradictions in my head and I just need to, yeah, I need to ask and, and trust that he, he's going to use my life however he sees fit. Um, so anyway, I, and I think inviting God into that for me also means a lot of journaling um, and soul searching, which I think is true for almost any creative. Um, and, um, and then listening to other people too. Um, I'm trying to learn how to listen better, um, even in prayer and um, listening to the things people around me are saying and how they might be speaking into my life. Um, yeah, and then as much as possible, um, prayers throughout the day of, oh, just stopping and being present. Like, where am I right now? Am I just doing my, like mindlessly going through and doing tasks or am I, you know, am I here? Like, <laughs> am I aware that I'm breathing air and um, enjoying food or, uh, you know, sitting in this chair and like God is here, you know, trying to practice the presence of God more. Um, so those, those are a few, a few ways. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> and how has staying alive to your creative desires made a difference in your walk with God? It's kind of moving in like different direction now. Yeah. And, yeah, not just um, like God coming into your creative life, but like, hey, how has like actually being there helped or changed or done anything with your walk with God? So as I was thinking about um, this question, really what came to mind is that, um, you know, staying, I guess, alive to my creative desires, it, that's been a journey of figuring out who I am um, and you know, wanting to be authentic, wanting to be honest with myself, um, trying, to, <laughs> trying to figure out why am I so repelled by the idea of a nine to five like when the thought will cross my brain, like, well, why don't I just go get a normal job? Like, like somebody else, there's, there is like a visceral resistance inside of me to that. And like, okay, where does that come from? Why do I feel that? Um, and so if I, 
uh, if I wasn't trying to stay alive to my creative desires, I feel like I would be lying to myself and that I wouldn't be showing up to be honest with God. Like, Mm. uh, um, it's so much of who he made me. I, I honestly think he, he put creativity in all of us in some way or another, but, um, it's so much a part of, of how I was raised and who I am, um, that, uh, yeah, if I, if I wasn't uh, alive to it, um, it wouldn't be a real relationship and, um, or it would be, I don't know. I'm trying to, I'm trying to think of any friendship I might have where it's just, I only show up in the same way for that friend. And it's, you're not getting to experience all the parts of that, of, of a friend. You're not sharing all the parts of yourself. Um, so, uh, yeah, so I guess what that means to me is um, this journey of self-discovery that's been really um, special uh, because it's coming to terms with being grateful for how God made me instead of um, frustrated, like, why did you make me this way? <laughs> or, or what's wrong with me? Um, cause I've gone through those phases, um, and even asking, how do you feel about me that these are the, you know, this is the course I've taken, um, which sometimes I can feel guilty that, you know, I've taken this, this course in my life. Um, and so, yeah, it, it gives me the, the opportunities to ask God those questions and mm-hmm. to, um, hear his answers through scripture and through prayer, um, I guess a quick side story with that. Um, so several years ago, I was reading a book. Uh, it was by John Eldridge called Waking the Dead. Are you familiar with that? I am, um, yeah. Yeah, well, it was it was a very powerful book for me at this particular time. Um, it was one of the first things I'd read that I was like, oh yeah, I could ask God a direct question like that. And I was actually tra- traveling to do a show at the time in the Bahamas. Uh, where we have a sister church and my parents were doing some teaching for the church there and they decided to craft the teaching around my performance of last nights of the king about the women in david's life um so you know i was there i got to perform it's great we're staying in this hotel and uh one day this like parade of performers came through the hotel wearing all these like brightly colored costumes and feathers and they were beating drums and like um it was really cool. All the guests had their phones out, videotaping it, everybody's smiling. And I was just like, wow, art really makes people happy. And, and then um, I had asked God what he thought about me, you know, in the process of reading this book, this was over this, over this week where we were there. And I felt God say to me, um, you make me happy, Katie. And I just like bolted up to my room and broke down in tears <laughs> um, wow. because it was like, I think that that's the desire of my heart. Like I, I want to make God happy and, and maybe some of the slightly twisted ways that I saw God growing up where I felt like I wasn't good enough. I wasn't making God happy, you know, kind of expose those. Um, so I think there's such a special part of being a creative that comes from God and reflects who he is. Uh, and I think if, you know, if we can all embrace that, all we're, all we're going to do is better show his glory to people. You know? so, wow. That's my roundabout answer. <laughs> <laughs> I 
I love that story. Wow. Yeah. See, my next question is, what are your creative dreams and aspirations? Um, so this one's been a hard one for me to answer for most of my life. Um, I was never somebody who had a clear vision. Oh, this is what I want to do when I grow up. And so it's, it's been unfolding year after year. Um, if I wanted to throw away this answer, I could just say, ah, yeah, I, I would like to make a living wage. Like we're still working on that. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm very grateful for the situation I'm in right now. I have an amazingly supportive husband. And because of that, I've been able to quit some of those side jobs and focus in, but you know, I'm still in a building phase, even, even a decade out. So, um, I'm, I'm kind of coming, coming back from some time away in the film industry. I had a fairly good start when I lived in Wilmington, North Carolina. I got some big films, um, because in one of the Hunger Game movies and a few other movies with some big names. And then I went overseas and I spent like a chapter over there. And then I came back home and I was doing ministry. And then I, I just didn't book for a while, wasn't really putting myself out there. And so, um, we call that going stale. So I kind of went stale for a while and, um, you know, and then I met my husband, we got married and, um, and I was just kind of focusing in on that and building a home in Nashville. Um, and so over the last couple of years, I've been trying to get relevant again, <laughs> uh, unstale, I guess. So, um, with that kind of a, as context, um, my goals now are, I, I'd love to do more film again and not just do it to book it, but I, um, I want to make a difference in that space. Like I want to be someone whose craft is excellent enough that people in the world take notice and, um, and I make a difference there and I make quality friends there. And I help people know Jesus there, um, or get to be a part of, uh, production companies or productions that really do make people think, um, are really high quality. Um, I'm not just, I'm not talking like Christian media necessarily, but because um, um, while I appreciate the, the growth that has been happening in Christian media, there's still, there's still a lot of growth <laughs> that can happen. Um, I, uh, I can't say right now that I enjoy much Christian media with maybe the chosen being, being the exception that they've, they've really done an amazing job. But um, so I, I want to be a part of a, a network of, of artists who are really, you know, glorifying the glorifying God, um, building up his kingdom, showing it a way to do things differently. Um, so that all kind of comes back to really being excellent in my craft and, you know, taking opportunities um, and, and continuing to write. You know, I'm not sure if, if I'll end up going more the writing path. Um, or the acting path, like I'm kind of doing both, um, but you know, we'll see. So that's kind of the overall, um, mm -hmm. it's, it's a little vague, <laughs> but um, it is honest. Yeah. It's the best, it's the best I got right now. You know? <laughs> and so do you have outlets besides these that we've already heard of from you. you know, mainly we've heard of writing and acting, but do you have other 
creative outlets? Yeah, I do. Um, music is a big one. Uh, I play piano and, and I sing. Uh, so in college, I was a part of a chamber choir. We toured uh, all over and performed and mostly in churches. Um, and oh my goodness, I loved being a part of that choir. So also took voice and piano all throughout college. So um, it helped me get to the point because in musical theater, you know, you have to do all of it, you know, the singing, the dancing, everything. Um, but the voice lessons really uh, helped me finally come more to peace with my voice because it was a love-hate relationship growing up. So I do love to sing. I don't get the opportunity all the time, but that's a big part of, uh, that brings a lot of joy. Um, now I want to hear more about that. What is it? Are you okay talking about what it is about your voice that you had to kind of reconcile with? Oh man. What was that? <laughs> yeah. Um, I think when I was young, it just didn't sound the way I wanted it to. Um, you know, it had a really, it felt like a very awkward break where you can sing kind of in a strong, you know, chest voice only up to a point. And yeah. then it's really like wispy above that. And, you know, trying to learn how to navigate that um, was hard for me. And I, I would leave voice lessons crying in college because I was just like trying so hard to control my voice. And, um, you know, and, and I, all my, coaches were trying to push me into higher notes than I felt like I could do. Um, I thought I'm an alto, true, like, you know, low alto, contra alto, um, which I can, uh, I actually have, a, you know, fairly decent range. So I do have a lot of low notes, but I think actually where my voice sits more naturally is the mezzo area, which is what those coaches were always trying to tell me. And I just didn't want to accept it. Um, so I've come more to terms with that now, and I've gotten to play roles like Maria from Sound of Music, which was a dream role, and uh, she's definitely a mezzo. You know, there are some higher higher notes that she sings. Um, so, um, so yeah. Anyway, I love love music, love singing. I dabble in songwriting. I I don't really understand the mechanics of songwriting, but um, but I'll make up songs and um, sing in the car a lot. We actually grew up singing in the car. My dad loves to write music, also plays piano. And we had to travel a lot for church. So I grew up, we would sing hymns in the car like for hours on end. So it was very much a part of how I was raised to sing on all occasions. Mm. So. Oh, that's beautiful. I, yeah, it's a special part of life. Um, yeah. And, and there's yeah. art. Um, Basically, yeah, I mean, I come, I come from a really artsy family. So mm. my mom is an art teacher. My dad uh, is a landscape architect. So he designs exteriors. Um, so I also like enjoy both of those. We recently got a house in 2020. So I've been able to play interior designer and um, well, and even more so because we were in the pandemic and I didn't have much to do. <laughs> so I painted every surface of the house. Um, and then we have a, a small little yard. So I've played around with, you know, learning how to garden and that's been fun. Um, I like cooking and, you know, it's not, that's not my main thing, but it's, it's good <laughs> to learn. <laughs> Done some baking. I, I unfortunately have some uh, dietary restrictions. So it kind of forces you, like, if you want to have a bready food, well, you got to figure out a way you can make it, you know, that you can you, um, eat. Are you gluten-free? Yeah, and dairy, unfortunately. Hey, 
Same. Yeah. Same. Oh, you get it. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Oh, well, yeah. I love the range, <laughs> all of the different things. <laughs> and yeah, um, well, especially since your, like, your wheelhouse is acting, writing. Well, I think the writers have gotten to hear from me a lot with the early episodes of, of this podcast. But so especially for aspiring actors, like if someone were just here being like, I want to be an actor one day. What would you say to them? Well, I, I think first I would ask why. Um, because if you do pursue acting, it's not an easy road. And so you do have to have a really clear motivation. Um, one of the reasons I love acting is I think it it builds empathy. Um, you you get to think more, you get to ask so many questions about life and about how people operate, how people think. Um, and so you can really grow your compassion for people. <laughs> um, but I think that's, that's a really important question because yeah, it's not an easy road. Um, if it's to be famous or if it's to, you know, make a lot of money, you know, ah, well, <laughs> you might get lucky, but um, so that would be number one. Um, then I would, I would give a lot of resources. Um, I've found a lot of different mentors online and then I've had different mentors that made a big difference. So when I was just getting started in the film industry, my, my first agent, um, one of the conditions was she was like, you need to get an acting coach. And so I met with this woman every week and I paid for coaching sessions with her and it was so helpful. Um, she just taught me a lot of the minutia that, you know, you don't, it, I guess you could probably find online, but it would take you a while. And it's just helpful to hear it out of somebody's mouth who cares about you. Um, and she became a great friend. So I would highly recommend getting an acting coach and going to classes and meeting people even more than getting new headshots and you're, you're getting everything online looking good. Like all oh, that's important, but the people are where things really happen the entire industry is all about relationships and that's not a bad thing it's um it's just you want to work with people you like and um and you have to um uh make yourself known and make yourself available so that's uh, if i could go backwards i would do more of that relationship building than what i did uh, I feel like I'm I'm having to play catch up with that now, so uh, it's easy to get lost in in making making everything look good online and um, you know getting your headshots and you know all that stuff. Um, also, I would say to aspiring actors, never pay for an agent or a manager. They only get paid if you do. Um, there are a lot of scams out there when, especially for young actors and whose, whose parents, well-meaning parents who might want to usher them into show business just don't know. Um, so yeah, to be very wary of, of scams, um, I'd recommend on YouTube, Wendy um, Elaine Wright. She's like one of the top talent managers in LA and she shares so much free information on, uh, especially for young actors getting into things. Um, Christine Horn out of, well, she's Atlanta, LA. She's kind of all over. Um, I've gotten a lot 
from, from her. Um, she calls herself the booking magnet, um, mostly for TV aspiring. And then for stage and stuff, I, uh, I mean, if you can go to school for acting, do it because it's, you just learn so much. You, you build techniques and it's, it's great. But I'd say definitely get into acting classes because the fundamentals of acting are the same across the board. It's just different on camera than it is on stage. Um, so yeah, mm -hmm. sorry. And, you know, ask God about it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Well, thank you. Yeah. Yeah, this is what we had to talk about. So this was fantastic. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. And You're welcome. Yeah. Thank you. I want to close with just asking where can people find you online if they want to find out what you do, what you're up to, where could they go? Yeah, you can go to my website, which is katiedelrocco.com. I do send out a monthly newsletter for people that sign up and want to keep up with things that are going on. Um, and all my socials are on there. Um, I am on YouTube and Instagram and Facebook and um, you know, somewhat regular posting in those places. So <laughs> I'm happy to connect if anyone wants to reach out. I love, love connecting with actual people and not, uh, not just uh, wondering who is this per random person online. So mm -hmm. yes, please connect. We'd love to. <laughs> well, lovely. Yeah. Thank you again. Yes. Thank you so much. Great talking with you, Tira. Hello. Thank you for listening to episode six of the podcast. I want to give another little thought on what Katie and I talked about. It's been a little bit since the actual recording of this episode, and so I've had a lot of time to have life pass. And it turned out when I re-listened to this episode before posting it, that there was a lot for me to think about that a lot of what Katie had brought up and lined up with a lot of what has happened recently for me. So to just kind of start it off in the moment in the actual conversation that I had with Katie, I, I felt scared when we were talking about being out of balance, letting yourself fall. I thought of how my wounds, my imperfections, my true state, I feel like I could get stuck there. I could get stuck in a rut. I could lose hope at like the extreme there. And it scared me. I had a great time during the rest of the conversation with Katie, but that was one of the things that stood out to me afterward was that moment when I thought, oh no, I can't let that happen. And yet, in the time since, I'm going to use her analogy of the seesaw again. Okay, so I batch recorded these three interviews that I've gotten to bring to you guys. It was a lot of time spent on them, concentrated into not that many weeks. My 
inner writer, my inner novelist, felt threatened by how much I enjoyed working on this podcast. And then I had a few weeks that were right on the tail of that podcast heavy chunk of time. And these few weeks were business focused, marketing focused. I had a conference that I went to that was for writers and ended up being a lot about marketing and thinking about platforms and social media and many different things. There was another conference that I went to with my church, my global church. Holy cow, was that amazing. And the thing that I ended up focusing a lot of my time on there was being at, I was staffing a table that was selling fiction books at this, at this conference. And so more marketing and business focus. And so then I get back from that conference. It's been like three weeks of preparing for these conferences, being at these conferences. And all of a sudden I have this little window of time that I've set aside, particularly in the middle of my day to be, I'm honoring that I want to write right now. Nothing else is going to end up taking at my time, if I put it in the middle of my day, it will happen. Oh boy, did it happen. I did not stop writing. <laughs> and it happened like every day that I let myself lean in to that little bit of kind of starvation that my, my inner writer was going through and just wrote and wrote and wrote so instead of like during those weeks months preceding this leaning into the writing i had been writing but it was only in the margins of my time and so now writing took center stage and everything else i just put it into the margins instead so I've been on a seesaw. <laughs> and now that I've got this opportunity to reflect on the conversation I had with Katie, and I have all of this experience that's so parallel to what she was talking about, I wanted to chew on it a bit. And so here's what I think. None of these extremes let me be in touch with the full range of what I am involved in, all of the plates that I do have spinning. And paying attention to each of those plates, which are important, and that it would be good if I kept spinning before they fall. <laughs> when I pay them the attention that they're due, it instills in me a sense of living according to my values, because I've chosen each of these plates that I'm spinning for a reason. Not because I'm trying to overfill my schedule, not for, because I value them. And when I'm overextended into one or the other, something feels off. I think to give you a sense of what I mean, 
hopefully what I'm about to say will help make this a bit less abstract. When I'm doing coaching, like getting coached by my mentor, which means I'm reading a book, I'm doing a lot of journaling and inner exploration and then putting it in front of someone else and getting their thoughts, an immediate sounding board or their questions to help probe even deeper if I'm avoiding something or blind to something. And even these interviews, I would kind of bundle in with, they feel similar. The interviews that I do for this podcast have a similar value to the coaching in that they are about healing and they are about authenticity. And those are two of my values. And next I would say creating, actually making things like what I write or I have lots of things that I do that I don't intend for commercial consumption. <laughs> I'm trying to think of a good phrase to use there. We'll go with that. And that part of me, whether for commercial anything or or not, it comes from this value of wildness, a belief in not letting the dictations of society or my inner fears control me, but actually speaking about and processing and diving into the things that aren't the more quote-unquote domesticated things to do. And then after that, there's being part of a community or a team or that really is about partnership, another one of my values. And then lastly, really making myself visible. That happens in quite a few different ways and none of these are completely um, you know, you can't, in a, in a Venn diagram, they wouldn't be completely separate circles from each other. I'm thinking about how visibility has so much to do with what I create and everything. But I just think now with visibility of giving beyond even just my, my team, my partnerships, my, myself, um, letting people in to what's going on with me. And I know that this is doesn't just sound like creativity. This is a relational and a community thing. Um, and I think it's good that these all overlap, but I hope that gives just a little more clarity into when I'm not involved with the coaching, I'm not feeling a sense of healing and I don't get as much of a sense of authenticity. If I'm just creating, then I feel like I'm just trying to, um, let like the wildness and the creativity and the let me be original and fun and deep that just goes all over the place and it ends up at first coming from these healed and these authentic places and then eventually is drawing on a dry well and if I'm just doing the coaching and the creating but not finding ways to 
give or put my skills out there for other people to benefit from. Like I have an editing client right now. If I don't have this sense of partnership or team or visibility of being able to share what I'm learning, I lose the sense that I'm living according to these values because, well, I'm not. (laughs) But I hope this, yeah, just kind of makes some sense. I'd sum all this up by saying I need the seesaw to be going up and down, not hanging out with one end up for too long. It's a different thing from the stasis Katie and I were talking about of putting in all this energy to maintain the seesaw in a horizontal position, which you never can really get it to stay there. This is very achievable. This is one end up, one end down, one person essentially just sitting on the ground and the other hanging out up in the air. And yeah, a new option to add into our analogy. I did that. (laughs) That's what happened over my last couple months. And it's really jarring to go from one end up, one end down to oh wow, now the other one's up and the other one's down. The landing is a bit painful. There's no like rhythm and dynamic to it that's a flow and something that you can respond to and expect. And so this is just introducing a lot of new thoughts and ways to have grace on myself and have a spur in my side (laughs) to let the extremes happen and also use them as momentum to go into the next swing of the seesaw that will come. That's it. Thank you so much for listening and I will catch you next time. for listening to the Creatively Yours podcast. Let me know what you think and if this resonates with your story. Like, follow, or subscribe if you want more. And if you want to receive word directly in your inbox when I update this podcast, you can sign up at email.deepwatermediaandpress.com. You can also check out the backlist episodes at deepwatermediaandpress.com forward slash podcast. All right, signing off creatively.